What's up, NBA fans? This is uh, take two of recording the NBA Second Stringers NBA podcast. We uh, tried to make a triumphant return last week after the All-Star break, but ran into some technical difficulties. So restarting things this season a little bit later than we wanted to. But nonetheless, here we are again, me and Sean and our special guest, Mark, buddy of ours, favorite favorite person to have on the podcast. And we figured it'd be good to have him on this return that we're making for this NBA season. He's here to drop some controversial takes and, you know, help spice up the conversation a bit. Alan only wants you here hey. for the controversial takes, Mark. Does it, how does it make you feel? Do you have pressure on you to have controversial takes now? Nah, dude, it's a, it's just a game. Uh, pressure <laughs> pressure is uh, a single mother trying to feed her children. <laughs> <laughs> pressure is the president of the United States. Me? This is what I do in my sleep, bro. This there is what go. I do for fun. <laughs> you guys brought me in because you need a six man of the year to win it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that is our group chat. Second stringers and Russ. At Mark being the <laughs> yeah, Russ dude. of our group, fitting in well on the Clippers, fitting in well on our podcast. We're like, we're like the Los Angeles Clippers of podcasts. You know, we're no one Ooh. really looking at us very much, <laughs> but we we're always giving it a hundred percent. Yeah, but we also needed Mark here because uh, someone needs to stand up for Shea, and Mark's been been that guy in that <laughs> dude's corner. And uh, whether we want to or not, or you know, I feel like it's almost not because we don't want to. It's just Shea is just flown below the radar, and he he's he's needed pe- pe- advocates like Mark to speak on him. As of last week, I think he was still flying down low, but I think this week his name has been has climbed up the power rankings everywhere on Sports Illustrated, NBA.com, ESP, everywhere I was checking, he was at that number two spot. So uh, I was actually surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah, I think which is too bad. Like, we talked about this last week, and man, Mark, you would have been ahead of the game. <laughs> I know, man. I hated that that one didn't go through because that was I, that was like such a well crafted argument on my end that like I was not prepared to make but like right now man the only the only argument that you have against Shea is that the Nuggets are playing out of their freaking mind and you can't take that away from Jokic right now because they're the defending champs Jokic is the best player on one of the best teams right now but that man Shea man if they had more uh, Alan was saying last time if they had more nationally televised games people are just not ready for Shea to be the MVP because he's not it's it's hard to build that image around him because he's mm-hmm. such a quiet kind of like stoic guy in the sense of he's not loud he's not breaking headlines he's not doing goofy things like we see Jokic doing like he literally is just good at the game of basketball yeah and I think that's a perfect segue into probably like a, a more one of my biggest annoyances with the NBA uh, sometimes and I think today's a perfect example of that is we got the Lakers versus the Wizards on national TV what we have we had uh, the, the 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 Warriors on national TV today when we probably should have had Victor Wembenyama versus mm. Chet Holmgren on I national know. TV for Which, the rookie yeah, of the year a hundred percent I cannot believe they did not show that game it was an amazing game from what I could tell mm. I didn't get to watch it I'm gonna have to watch the league pass replay but Oh my gosh, there's so much storylines to talk about just from that. And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of this conversation about Shea started because OKC finally got a nationally televised game last week Mm -hmm. and everyone all of a sudden realizes that Shea is as good as he is. Oh yeah. And I mean, every, every NBA head, we've known that Shea was coming since last year and then the performance he threw down in the summer uh, and heading into this year, he hasn't been shy. And I mean, OKC has climbed up the 
the standings. But let's jump into that into that uh, Spurs versus uh, OKC game, just because there's a there's a there's another epic storyline there, and that's the <laughs> Chet versus Wembenyama, and of course Wemby's performance tonight. And to kick things off, this is the absurd trivia question that I have for you guys is. Wemby has more blocks in the month of February. This is a leap year, so he got an extra day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he needed it, probably. Yeah, Wemby has more blocks in February than what five teams in February? What other teams? And this is vol- total volume five whole, blocks. Five whole teams he has more blocks than. Yep. I'm going to say the Hornets. <laughs> That's The one. Wizards. We're just going to list the worst teams in the league. <laughs> the, Pist- the Pistons. The Rockets. And that fifth team I'm trying is to think going of who like the smallest be... teams in the league are. Yeah, that's like, why I, I was. That's why I picked the Rockets in particular yeah. because I feel like the Pistons and... might honestly not be here because they have Duran and they have Cade. I'm gonna throw the Raptors in there. Okay, all right. I'll get. I'll tell you. You got two of those. You got the you got oh, the Hornets and you got the Wizards. Ah, Raptors are not yeah. on that list. Pistons, Pistons are not on that list. Well, who did you Ooh. say? The Rockets? Rockets are not on that Rockets. list. Really? Who the, the Sangoon mm. is blocking people? <laughs> Maybe Jabari Smith right. is. Or Dylan Brooks. Yeah. All right, Sean. I, I, I gave my five, Sean. Okay. You, you well, have to go So in there's now. three more. So, there's three more. Oh, man. Who are the – yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, who are the tiny, tiny teams. I'm going to go with Utah? No, Walker Kessler's Utah. there. I, I'm going to go with Memphis. Memphis – I'm going to go with Brooklyn, and I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with maybe a maybe a team that's higher up that maybe just doesn't block a lot, like like the Magic. The Lakers. I'm going to go with the Magic. The Lakers, bro. <laughs> no, the Lakers Anthony, don't be dude, getting blocks. Davis gets blocks, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Go, true. I'm yeah. going to go with the Magic. Oh. Struck out on all of them, Sean. Oh, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. The, two, two the of Bulls these... for sure are on there, huh? No, they two got of... Drummond and Vucevic. Uh, I'll tell you this. All three of these teams, well, actually, two of these teams are coastal teams. One of them's on the East Coast and one of them's on the East Coast. I mean, one of them's on the West Coast, one of them's on the East Coast. The Kings? Uh... Mm. Yeah, is it the Kings? Not the Kings. Is it the Clippers? Clippers is one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Zublaka. He's not being Zublaka da- right now. Yeah. Not Zublaka. Daniel Tice. <laughs> or is Daniel Tice on that team. Yeah. yeah but he doesn't. He was on that right. team. Um, yeah. Boston. The Heat. Not Boston. No. Miami. Miami's one. Oh, that's a good okay. One. Yeah. Bam's kind of small. Yeah. yeah. Have, There's yeah. one team remaining, and this team should be oh, obvious man. because they literally only have one center on their team. Dallas? Blazers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh <yeah>. Dominating. <laughs> no, Dominating. This year. They're a lone center on that team. And I and Jeremy Grant at the four. Yeah, they're one of the worst blocking teams in the league at only 34 blocks in February. And Victor Wembenyama had 47 by himself. Good God, man. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, do we want to just let's let's talk about this Wembenyama thing? Because, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll come back to the Shea debate, but I think yeah, as yeah, as far as his February, I mean, I, I think he's fully cemented himself as a top player in the league already. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just not something I think a lot of people expected, even with the high expectations, that he'd already be at this level. He just logged his first 5 by 5 stat line, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Youngest to ever do so. The first since 2019. I'm sure it's not going to be his last. It might honestly become, at this point, a common thing that we see from him, which is just terrifying to think about. Like... What if Wembenyama has like twenty five by fives next year? Would you guys even be surprised? I so I think... saw something interesting that someone was um I, it was on it was on Twitter. I was seeing that there that there was a whole hot take that people weren't even surprised about if it was a hot take or not. That Wemby might be with the five by five the way Russell Westbrook was with the triple double <laughs> like for a season <laughs> at like his peak. Right. Yeah. Which I think we all have seen how possible it is because and we we're talking about this before the podcast he doesn't even average 30 minutes a game yet no like if that's... he can get up to 35 minutes a game like it might just be so simple for him yeah and that's the scary thing is what exactly is the ceiling for Wembenyama? and i almost wonder if like kind of like in the same ways that Shaq came in and the nba had to totally rethink zone whether they would allow zone zone defenses <laughs> and they had to do it cuz Shaq was just so dominant one on one like i i wonder if the nba is going to look at a guy like Wimbenyama and and have to figure out how to how to help teams get bigger again uh, to just be able to have big boys out there to bully Wimbenyama cuz or else he's just going to because of his speed and his handles and his skill set he's just going to destroy uh younger guards cuz i mean you have Giannis, who has that absurd athleticism, but his kryptonite has been that he's just not that he's not skilled. But Wembenyama, yeah, he can't shoot. Yeah, and he can't shoot. And Wembenyama can shoot. He can. He's skilled. He can pass and he can handle that. I mean, it does kind of strike me right now. It's like, does Adam Silver go to the drawing board and think how he can handicap Wembenyama a little bit here and change the rules? I, <laughs> I don't think you want that, man. Like. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is 39 years old. You need a dominant face. Mm-hmm. And the more you can allow Wembenyama to do that. So these are these are Wemby's last 10 game. In in the last 10, he's averaging 21 points, 2 steals, 3.9 blocks, <laughs> 4 assists and 10 rebounds off of 84% from the free throw, 39.6 from the 3. Insane. Yeah. Uh, and you want to <laughs> know the rookie. crazy part? He is a rim protector, and he only <laughs> averages 1.6 fouls yeah, per, per game in the true. last 10. Very true. 1.6 as a rim protector. I remember the big argument was like, he's skinny. Any center he's going to go up against, he's going to get into foul trouble because he's skinny. He's skinny. It's like, no, man. He's blocking everybody. <laughs> he's almost averaging four blocks a game. Yeah. This. It's, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, that is nuts. Go ahead, it's nothing. Sean. It's nothing we've ever seen before, which I think, Alan, the point you're trying to get to is like it's kind of scary when you <laughs> consider like this is not this is just like his level one. Uh-huh. Like if when we when we get down the line, like say everything goes right and he stays fully healthy for another three years, like it's kind of terrifying to think about how impossible it's going to be for many teams to do anything about him, like he could easily average 50 points in a month. Like yeah. if you just keep feeding him the ball and there's no answer for him. It's like, it's like having a move in a video game that your friend just can't stop. And so you just keep <laughs> doing three. it. Oh yeah. Over and over again <laughs> until they figure it out. I just, I don't know if a lot of teams have the personnel to figure it out. 
Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you put a small, quick guy on him, and he just overstretches them. You put a a big guy, athletic guy, and he can just figure out how to get around them or step back and shoot. I mean, there was probably the most absurd play I saw recently was in transition. He pulled up for three. Like how, yeah. many, how many people, dude? Like that's game over. What do you? How do you even block that? Like when he puts that no ball way. on top of his head, you're not even touching him. Like it, it's it's uh, it's pretty absurd. And I think here's another thing to think about is Wemby. I mean, like Jokic has his weaknesses, and Giannis does too. And and these teams have built have figured out ways to get the personnel to help them excel. And Wemby's excelling with like a very misfit cast of Spurs players. <laughs> I mean, the point is still there. Who is the point guard of this team? Who's the ball distributor that's going to help Wemby, uh, you know, get the ball in the right places? Like, there's still yeah. videos floating around social media of Sochan totally missing him <laughs> when he had a wide open yeah. roll to the basket. Trey Jones also missing him. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is yeah. such a misfit cast of Spurs players. Yeah, it's well, that's it why is... I was saying, like, thank God their team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just crazy though. Like you'd think that they he would be worth at least more wins than they have though. I know he's like mm-hmm. on a minutes restriction and all that and like he probably has like maybe two NBA level players on that roster right now. But like is it weird that they only have as many wins as they do? Like should they not have like 20-ish wins by now? No, they suck, dude. <laughs> yeah, Their but ball they got this guy, Devin dude. He's like a Vassell. top 15 player in the league already. <laughs> He's not a top 15. He's Is only he not... averaging 21 a game. Yeah, but all the other stats, too. It's not just points. So, Sean, remember when we go back? Like, his team is so bad that, like, I'm not trying to discount <laughs> all the stuff that he's doing, but his team is just so bad that it's giving him more opportunities <laughs> to shine. Kind of, though. I mean, you got some chuckers on this team, too. Like, Devin yeah. Vassell and Jeremy Sochan and Keldon Johnson are going to try to put up their own individual stats. You know they're trying to still be like, oh, I'm an NBA veteran. Like, you are you just got here. Like, there's not a lot of unselfish play on this team. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you one stat, I think, that just summarizes this team. They're 25th in field goal percentage as a team in the league. So, obviously, <laughs> bottom percentile set. And they're uh, top five in, in field goal percentage allowed. So when you step into San Antonio, you're guaranteed to make at least half your shots, 49%, which is fifth worst in the league. Uh, so, and Wemby can block as many shots as he can, but five blocks a game compared to the number of shots that actually go up in an NBA game. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Drop in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was getting at, too. And if you want to put it into into perspective, like if we're talking about dominance, like just to bring it back, a lot of those guys like Zion that came in super dominant, like Shaq when they were super dominant, even Chet to a degree, they're all shooting above 50%, some of them even above 60%. Wemby is still at 46%. Yeah, true. Like it's not like he's making all of his shots either. He's part of the problem in terms of not making a lot of their shots. I had Keldon Johnson on my team. The guy was in fantasy basketball. The guy would get me negative two on some days. <laughs> and then you look at like Devin Vassell, like he's also a shot chucker. He probably off the top of my head is probably averaging 42% from the floor this, this season. And then, like you said, so Chan is a up and coming player, but he's still not that good. He's probably not top hundred. He shoots free throws with one hand. <laughs> that's still a thing that's all you yeah. need to know <laughs> he, he actually shoots like 70 percent 
Yeah, yeah. Trey Jones is the lone guy on this roster that's shooting at fifty percent, and he's literally oh, at man. fifty. Uh, everyone else is, is down below. Yeah, Sochan at forty three, uh, also averaging almost two turnovers a game. Not not a great assist to turnover ratio. So uh, there's still work to be done here with the Spurs, but nonetheless, they got that big win against OKC tonight. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of one of those games where uh, I think. Chet maybe cared about it. OKC maybe not as much as uh, didn't get amped as much as I think the Spurs did for this game. I think Wemby must have given a hell of a pregame speech, <laughs> halftime speech, said, "Come on, guys, help me get this Rookie of the Year today." And uh, I mean, he went out there and just balled up. And Chet Holmgren had himself a game as well. But I think the thing that's going to be passed around for the next few days is Wemby with the game ceiling block on Chet at the one fifty four mark. When the score was 127 to 118, Chet makes that shot and it's a 127-120 game. Still within reach, but thanks to that uh, Wemby block, but as well as his 20-footer, his 20-foot three-pointer, before be- the possession before really put the uh, put the Spurs on top. So a huge win there, especially with the, the season starting to dwindle down. I don't know, guys. Is there much of a competition here? I mean, these guys have gone head-to-head, I will say, a lot longer in the season than I thought they would have. I thought Chet had a chance within the first few months, but I thought Wemby would open it up. But yet here we are post-All-Star break still talking about this being a race. Yeah, I would say that this that that game-sealing block that Wemby had tonight was not just the dagger to win the game. It was the dagger to win the Rookie of the Year award. That was such a statement. If only it was on national television, it would 100% be a wrap. No one would even be (laughs) questioning it at this point. But because it wasn't, and everyone has to see it either on Instagram or on YouTube, like it's still going to be a little bit of a debate for a lot of people. But in my mind, it's it's not even a question anymore. Oh man! So at what point does team success, in your guys' opinion, play a part in the rookie of the year? debate just because Chet this season is far more efficient than Wemby um as a number three option he's still averaging about like 17 points per game about eight rebounds three assists three blocks and off 54 percent shooting and 40 percent from the three so he is still neck and neck as the third option on a contending team according to Phil Jackson's um his uh calculation yeah, right yeah they're like, contention yeah yeah. yeah, he is contending with Wemby and stats as the third option on a on a pretty dang good team. Does that play any role in your guys' opinion towards the rookie of the year debate, or do you just have to give it a Wemby kind of like the LeBron versus Carmelo debate back in back in oh three oh four? I th- I think it plays I think it plays some part of it, but it it's also just the differences are so drastic that it's hard to really make it come up with what the right fair balance of it is right because okc is a contender spurs are last in the west like that's such a contrast that i don't think it's fair to completely make it a burden on wemby or as much as give it a plus to to chat i think you just have to look at the full body of work and to me the full body of work just seems like wemby is putting together a better package considering his situation as as well because you also have to think well like does wemby here get a nod because he's in part of such a dysfunctional team versus Chad. Chad's playing alongside Shea that team's got a plan yeah. for. He's playing. He's, he's got uh Jalen Johnson next to him. Who is also Jaylen just Williams, another yeah. Jalen Williams. 
Sorry, Jalen Williams, who's also just tearing it up. So I think I think you got arguments on both sides. So, but I think it, the the best way to look at it is just the overall body of work. And to me, stats are a piece, team success are a piece, but also the burden of what they're carrying night overnight. Yeah, I just if you just looked at it, like say you did give the rookie of the year to Chet, what would the reaction be? Versus if you give it to yeah. Wemb and Yama, what would the reaction be? In my mind, I think people would be way more upset if Wemb and Yama didn't get it. Yeah, there's also the eye test factor, right? Yeah. Like if you watch him play, I think it's kind of kind of clear to the eye. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Chet might be the more efficient player, but if you watch them play, I feel like Wemby just looks like a better player. He's yeah. much more smooth. He's more His plays are more impactful, I feel rather than just looking at box scores. Right, and I, and I think efficiency is also the result of him just being on a more sound team. Like the fact that they probably yep. just run, they're just like, they have better functionality, better roles. Yeah, Wemby's out there just kind of taking the shots as they come because, you know, it's just not, they're just not a good team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then going back to like my argument for the MVP uh, that we're making last week, if you put Wemby on OKC, are they definitively a better team? And if you replace Chet with Wemby, do you guys think that they're definitively like it's not even an argument they're a better team? Oh, yeah. I, I would, yeah, I, I, I would like to give more credit to the Nuggets and the Celtics that may just making Chet a little upgrading that position uh, is enough to to take them over the top. I think I think I still think like. I still put the the Celtics and the Nuggets over OKC. If that's your question mark, if essentially if you put Wemby in there, is OKC the favorite? Is that is that your question? No, I said is OKC a better team? Like if you put mm-hmm. if you replace Wemby with Chad, I'm not saying yeah. are Just they the best up, team. Is he a better oh, player? Are they a better team? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're a better team. Yes, is it enough for them to go over the top? I think I still got more. Res- I still got to give the Nuggets and the Celtics their respect. But if we're or judging in a vacuum, then yeah, I think they're a better team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I was going with. All right, so last question I have here for Wembenyama for you guys: Where are you picking him in a fantasy draft next year? Based based Ooh. on what you've seen so far, and where you think he'll be? Round two, round that's what two. I'm two? That, you well, guys here's... are gonna miss out then because I'm taking him in round one. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I feel like <laughs> Wemby is one of those guys that's like there's the objective opinion of where he should fall. But then there's like the free mark. What actually happens in the like you know oh, the man. live environment? And I think he's gonna go mid to late will, first rounder. Go, I I would take him fifth overall right now. I think just purely based off where he could be. Like he could easily just win you your league next year with the amount of stats that he gets you across the board. You have to imagine he'll get a little bit more efficient too with his shooting. Oh like, yeah, I think I I think it's no. I'd take him fifth right now. Yeah, and that's what I mean that Wemby is so rough because from a fantasy perspective, no matter how you swing the rules, he's going to dominate. Like if you mm-hmm. if you downscale points towards rebounds and more towards, you know, just straight up points, he dominates. If you skew points towards defensive stats, he still dominates. <laughs> like he's he yeah. he's he he's does just everything. good. Yeah. Uh so it, it's a, it's a tough one. I think to me I there's still the risk factor of him being young and the low minutes so I, I still would i'd still go set late for early second rounder potentially wow. late first rounder yeah well you guys won't be yeah, getting them just, next year hate to tell you <laughs> a 
Well, Sean, you're the, also the guy who chose Anthony Davis over Giannis and Jokic. So yeah, well, I'm also the wait. only guy that's going to make the playoffs in our league this year <laughs> out of the three of us. So I was going to say, I don't know if I have much, I have, <laughs> have much credibility this go around. But then again, to my credit, there was no Wemby for me to pick in the late first, or at least not the the privilege of knowledge that we have now. Uh, when I had, when me and Mark both had the super late first round. Pick. I mean, if you look at it right now, like. I think that he is returning second round value, like what he's doing this year already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. Centers just scare me, man, just because of the injury possibilities. And like, yes, right now he's only playing 28 minutes. If he played another, if he, they bumped him up to like 30 next year and we can guarantee that he'll stay healthy. Like, yeah, for sure. He's a first rounder, but just the fact that he hasn't really played a full season at full minutes yet scares me, man. Yeah. Cause yeah, and you know the Spurs are going to stay cautious with them. Like, if he rolls his ankle, it's not going to be like, oh, he'll play in two days. It's like, no, we're going to sit him out for two weeks. <laughs> right. We're going to make sure he's good. Yeah, Sean, yeah. I mean, just, I guess, last point on that. Mm. For context, Tyrese went number five. Usually go, went number five in most, would, uh, in most leagues. I would, you, I would take him over Tyrese. Over Tyrese Halliburton? Based on, based on ceiling, I, I would do it. Because I know I know what I'm getting with Tyrese, and I, I want to see what I get from Wemby. I feel yeah. like. He obviously has the potential to be way more than yeah. Tyrese. Yeah. You're putting the value oh, on the sure. unknown. Okay, I, I respect mm-hmm. that. Okay, let's jump in the MVP race, Jokic versus Shea. Is is this is this still a debate? Or like how close is this debate? I know we've been talking oh, about this, but Jokic right now, you know, I'm going across the I was going across the MVP power rankings and Jokic is number one. Uh Shea is right there on number two though. Uh, but Shea has been, I mean, Jokic has been first in seven out of the last 17 weeks in the NBA.com rankings. A lot of those, right? A lot of those folks have MVP votes. So I give a lot of credibility there. Uh, Jokic has only failed to, to acquire a double double this year, nine times this year. Basketball reference has him at 47% probability to win. Shea at 19. And Jokic, as we know, since the All Star break, triple double, triple double every game. 24, 16, and 14 on 67% field goal shooting. I know Shea's also been doing his thing, but, uh, you know, Mark, this is your time. Tell us why. (laughs) Tell us why this is still a race. Oh, man. So the argument that I'd like to make for this is that Jokic is surrounded by players that are much better than the Thunder's roster. Mm -hmm. Jokic has... He has definitively the better team. You look at his role players, his cast is built around his strengths. Meanwhile, Shea's team, honestly, on paper, does not look that good. <laughs> and I know that we've had this argument before saying that, like, you know, he has Jalen Williams. He has Chet Holmgren. But, like, if you look at that roster on paper, they're just not that good. And what Shea's able to do elevating this team to number two in the West above the Nuggets I think is something that you really have to take into consideration because if you replace Shea with like almost any other superstar, I'm going to be bold to say a player like Steph Curry, you replace him with Kawhi Leonard, you replace him with even Kevin Durant, you take a lot of these guys that people are calling like top five players and you airdrop them on that Thunders team, I think they're definitively a worse team. And I think what Shea is doing on a consistent night in, night out basis is something that needs to be respected with the team that that not that long ago were only winning 18 games. 
Yeah, it there. It's all very viable arguments, and I, I think all of us are huge Shea fans. I mean, I was pretty upset that we had to trade him away, obviously, mm-hmm. and now we're just paying the price for the next five years watching him become who he's <laughs> been, and Paul George just continues to sit on the sideline making podcasts. But <laughs> ultimately, it's like you, you look at it kind of in a, in a vacuum, and you look at what Jokic is doing, and we can kind of – Let's try the same argument, Mark, that we did with just Chet and Wemby right now. If you put Jokic on the Thunder, do you think that they're a better team? I feel I I want to say no because I don't think it's built for. I don't I don't think it's it's a team that's built for Wemby. I mean, for not for Wemby for Jokic, because the team that Jokic is on now, they've their GM has done a good job surrounding him with the players that suit his game. Yeah. Meaning Jokic is a mediocre defender, so they got a Aaron Gordon. Jokic needs shooters, so they have guys like KCP out there. They got a guy like Jamal Murray who could play the two-man game with them. They let Jokic play as a hub inside of the post. If you and he can play make from the post as well, which is what makes him special. But if you airdrop him into into the Thunder with this lineup, assuming now you don't have Shea, who is your point guard? <laughs> it's not Jokic isn't running it the whole the whole way. Jokic isn't taking the ball the up. Josh Giddy, I your, guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your point guard is Josh Giddy, who can't shoot. So now Jokic has no spacing. Yeah. Your best shooter on that team now is Chet Holmgren, who mm. also plays in the center position as him. So I just don't yeah. think that that team. I don't think he would elevate that team because they're not built for a player like Jokic. Yeah, so Shea that is a little is... more versatile than you think. Like, you could put Shea on more teams and he'd be able to do more with it than Jokic would on other team, a lot of other teams. I would say so. And that's not me saying I think Shea's the better player. I think, um, like, it's, in my opinion, Jokic is the best player in the world right now. He is mm-hmm. the best basketball player in the world right now. But if it if the MVP was about giving the award to the best player in the world, LeBron James would have 10 MVPs right now. But... <laughs> That's not the case. It's about who can do the most with the utilities that with the resources that they do have. And as it stands, the Thunder are ahead of the Nuggets in the West with a definitively more inferior lineup on paper with Shea lifting that team. Yeah, I, I mean can, I mean yeah, I think we did the well you had you walked us through the exercise. It's unfortunate that that wasn't recorded. Where you com- what did you do? You you compared Michael Porter Jr. versus yeah, we Luke did a four. No, I took we did Jamal Murray. I took the number two. I took uh. the number two on every contending team, and you guys said Chet's not the two. You guys said Jalen Williams is the two, and I said, yeah. who would you rather have? Would you rather have? Um, Jamal Murray or Jalen Williams? Jamal you guys Murray. all said Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah, Would you Jamal rather have Jalen Brown or Jalen Williams? Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, take a Jalen Brown. Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> or Jalen Williams? I guess Carl Anthony Towns. I'm still yeah, upset that Towns. he made the All Star game. Though. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Paul George. Oh, or Jalen Williams. Okay, I think we get the point now. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like we're going down the list. Like Shea's number two is not nearly as good as any contending team in the playoffs even. We'll go down to the eighth seed in the West. Sabonis or Jalen oh, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I yeah, think like, yeah, the, the point taken for sure. Point. And I think one of the things you're talking about is the makeup of the teens. But yeah, these teens are so different. I mean... I think one of the telling stats here that that I'm looking at is the Denver Nuggets are top top six in field goal percentage. Oklahoma City 
is number two, and they're number one in three-point shooting versus Denver, who's number 15 and number five in assists. So the makeup of these teams are so different, whereas OKC is yeah. just so much high-speed, high-scoring, high-efficiency, high and, the, and the Nuggets are so much more, you know, share the ball, find the best man, use Jokic in the post to, to, to really throw teams off and score close to the basket. So we are talking about two different teams here, but I think, Mark, you do have a point on the standings, and I think that's where Shea is still holding on, even though OKC has a one-game, only has a one-game lead on the Nuggets mm-hmm. thanks to that loss to, to Wemby. And who knows what, what's going on in the minds of all these voters, but it make it could come down to that being the deciding factor, although the Nuggets have the, the easiest remaining schedule. Three games versus the Spurs, two games versus the Jazz, two games versus the Grizzlies, while OKC still has two games versus the Bucks, games against the Celtics and Suns and a few other uh, top five, top five potential top five teams in the conf- in each conference. So um, when it comes to record, I think the Denver not- Joe Kick might have the advantage here coming down the stretch uh, in terms of getting ending up with a better record. Would that turn your opinion at all, Mark, if, if Denver comes out with a better seeding at the end of the year? Oh, 100%. It's not an argument at that point. Yeah. The, the only thing Shea has over it is that the fact that his team is doing better with the worst with the worst lineup. But if you have the best player performing the best with the best team, it's not an argument anymore. And especially with what Jokic is doing. Mm-hmm. Like and that's it's not picking Shea is not even a knock on Jokic. Sean listed flat out the guy's averaging basic he has he's had like twenty straight with the double double. Yeah. And it would it would flop my opinion just with what Shea is currently doing with how loaded the West is. And where he's taken this team, I think, is something that is pretty historic. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I'll add to that is that even if Shea gets a better record than than Jokic and the Nuggets at the end of the season, I I think that the only way to sway the voters is if Shea starts just going crazy. Like, the same way that Embiid got it last year, like... Yeah. It was Jokic's to lose until Embiid just went on this crazy run after the All-Star break, and obviously Kendrick Perkins wouldn't shut up about him. And <laughs> those combination of those two things ultimately ended up with him getting the MVP. The problem is that Shea is just so damn consistent, I just don't think that he has it in him to like start averaging you know, 36, 37 points a game over the rest of the season. Like He's just, I think he's been in between like 30 and 32 points every month the entire season that's just what he does and that's so awesome but i think it's just not it's not going to give enough of an argument for him to get it at this point yeah i think one of the also sad things here is that we have no nuggets versus thunder left in the schedule oh that would have been awesome last matchup was january 31st which is a it's a good right in the middle of the season but not down the home stretch like what, Mm -hmm. what we're seeing between these two guys right now uh any last thoughts yeah, and like I'm saying, I, I just don't think the league is ready for a guy like Shea to win it. There's no storyline behind him. It would be a good good story in the sense, like a good feel-good story. Like, yeah, he took this team and he made them the best they possibly could. But it's like, Jokic, okay, he's about to win his third MVP. But could he win another finals? Mm. Would that cement Jokic as the greatest big of all time? Or like, yeah. where would that rank Jokic? Like, Jokic... Jokic winning MVP would be more of a historical debate than Shea winning it. If Shea won it, to be quite honest, it'd be boring. 
mm-hmm. it'd be exciting for the non-casual fans that <laughs> know how Shea plays and know that he should be a real a real threat to Jokic. But for the mass population of casual fans and the mass population of the NBA fans, you need a little bit more historical context to it. Like, where does this rank Jokic? Did he officially crack the top three? If so, who does he knock out? And when most likely Jokic wins this third MVP, we're going to come back and we are going to, I promise you, you're going to see that argument. Is Jokic a top three all-time center? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see if he gets it. And Shay, I was I was just thinking, does Shea even have a signature shoe deal? And I had to look it up. And turns out That's that crazy. he actually does. He does. Oh, he, yes. has a, with, he has a signature. Oh, with who? He has one with uh, with Converse, a modest brand, just to kind of... <laughs> trying to show yeah, who, who he is. Yeah, that's very symbolic, yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, does he have a does he have a signature shoe or does he just have a shoe deal? He has a shoe deal and I think the plan is to develop a a signature shoe now for that Shea. He's on so, the map. Yeah. Yeah. So so oh, yes. Okay, okay. So yes, you're right. He has a shoe deal, no signature shoe released as of today, but it is in the is it, it is in the works, but yeah, pretty crazy. Not yeah. not a Nike guy or a big Premier Adidas guy, but a Converse guy. Uh, let's jump into big deal or forgetful here because these are some some funny ones, but also some weirdly now all time. I'm noticing they're tied to the Warriors, but um, <laughs> we got to talk about this one: Jordan Poole versus Clay Thompson benching. Big deal or forgetful? Uh, or which one's a bigger deal? Which was the forgetful one for me? I got to go with uh, Clay Thompson being uh, potentially the bigger deal because it's resulting in actual wins for the Warriors, an actual gain in value to Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, who's taking advantage of those shots, and uh, and the Warriors are actually surprisingly looking good, and yeah. and despite Clay yeah. Thompson being benched, Kevin Looney all out of nowhere also taking a way more diminished role on that team, mm-hmm. and Andrew Wiggins being nowhere <laughs> to oh. be found. I don't know where is this guy? Is he injured? Yeah. He was. <laughs> Can we slowly let's add that on away. to the big deal or forgetful too? I feel like that's <laughs> honestly a storyline we need to talk about too because. I I think it's pretty obvious, to, at least from my in my mind. I, I feel like this does ha- stem from family issues that he was having at the end of last season too, mm-hmm. that seem to be persistent, and he's just it's just not resolved yet. And so I don't know. I I don't know if he's gonna be back for the season. But honestly, this Warriors team with Clay being benched, with Wiggins being out, given the spotlight more to Pajemski, mm-hmm. Moody, Kaminga. They're making it work, and yeah, Draymond being back and hasn't gotten suspended yet. It yeah, things are things are looking good for them, honestly. So good for Clay to like honestly take that bench role head on and be like, you know, I'm not gonna complain about this. It sucks, but I'm gonna do it. Versus a guy like Jordan Poole, where it's like, yeah, man, like you should not be benched at this point in your career. You you should mm-hmm. be in your prime right now. Like you just signed your big deal, and you're already washed. Like at least Clay, you know, went through many years as a starter before he got washed. You're already there, right? Well, that's why I think the Jordan Poole situation is a bigger deal because, like, he just got his big deal. <laughs> he was supposed. He was the pool party. He was the next splash, bro. Oh, he was man. the guy that was supposed to carry the torch. He was a baby Steph, mm-hmm. and we are watching his career end in front of our eyes. And something we talked about was like, this guy might be out of the league after this contract is up. There might not be a job for him only because one, every team seems to hate him. 
Two, every player seems to hate him. <laughs> and three, like he's not that he's not very good at a lot of things. Yeah. And he's too it's kind of like um having Cam Newton in your lineup. The reason why no one brought Cam Newton on was because he wasn't playing very well in the in the NFL. I know this is an NFL reference, but like he wasn't playing very well, but his name is too big to have as a backup on your roster because people are going to ask, "Why aren't you playing Cam if your team's doing bad?" Mm-hmm. It's a similar thing with Jordan Poole. Having him on your roster is going to be like, well, why don't you give Jordan Poole a chance? He used to be good on the Warriors. So for him, we might be seeing literally, quite literally the end of that guy's playing career. Yeah, he might be uh, Stefan Marbury when we might hear folk tales and legends of Jordan Poole dominating <laughs> the leagues of Southeast Asia and China in a few, in a few years similar to Stefan Marbury. But it, yeah, I mean, that that's a good point, Mark. And I think I remember this conversation from last week is talking about Jordan Poole got drafted into the league and right away made his way to the G League and had to sort of become a star at the, at the Santa Cruz Warriors home before he got himself a spot on the actual San, uh, Bay Area uh, Warriors. And uh, he might be coming full circle here and making his way back to the G League. And he might be a product of just being on a great coaching staff, a great a program with with good team play, a team where it's easy to sort of figure out what your role is because roles are so well defined. Now that he's in a chaotic situation where he's got to build something, he's having a he's got to build and lead. It's pretty clear that he's having a tough time. And also, just one thing that I just noticed right now too is the Wizards are zero and ten for their last ten, <laughs> and they are officially tied with the Detroit Pistons oh, in the man. standings. At nine and forty nine, a fifteen percent win percentage. Holy crap. Which that storyline has kind of fallen through the cracks, but we might have ourselves two teams that are on pace to be the worst teams in the league from a win percentage perspective. Oh man. I did not <laughs> so think anyone you know. was gonna catch the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, to let you know, Alan, that story has not fallen through the cracks <laughs> just because there's been people keeping track since Kuzma tweeted might as well not even be a team about the Pistons <laughs> because of how bad they were doing. Man. And then as soon as they caught up, like that has been a meme that like NBA Instagram has been keeping up with. Yeah. And being like, uh, they're officially only like one that. game ahead. Oh my God. Yep. Do they play each other? I need them to play each other for that last, last plays record. The I don't toilet know. bowl. Oh, yes, they, <laughs> the taco bowl. <laughs> they do March 29th circle it, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, let's go. That's going to be the one. <laughs> at 4 p.m., Pistons <laughs> at Wizards last showdown of the year. Uh, yeah, the Wizards have lost 12 in a row. Jordan Poole's been benched. Uh, I don't know how this is happening. I I would think they they would have, you know, some I mean they they lost by 3 against the Lakers, which is more of a a knock on the Lakers to yeah. to almost to have almost lost well, to this to team. Well, to be fair, it was a back to back for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Poole also had a good game in this game. Dude, he put up thirty four yeah. and seven. Yeah, fifty yeah. percent from the field. Yeah, maybe climbing his way guess, back. He must yeah, must have hurt I, your I, thoughts from last week, Mark. <laughs> well, here here's I the know. thing. So now we have to ask ourselves: like, is Jordan Poole gonna be able to revive his career as just like a a scorer off the bench? Can he still be there? Dude, he played 38 minutes. Yeah. I think he. Can, I, I think he there's no doubt. He, yeah, I think there's no doubt in my mind he can do it. The question is, is this sustainable? Is this who he wants to be? Or was today just, you know, 
throw a good one good throw a good day at work so so it justifies my late night partying you know yeah true <laughs> yeah and then you can just slack off the next two weeks yeah because you put that one good effort you know you're, you're not gonna have that guilty feeling when he's hitting up the clubs in la tonight yeah <laughs> i'm gonna call it a fluke just just for context just because marvin bagley also had 23 <laughs> points off of 11 for 14 dude bagley's a baller what are you talking about yeah. Uh, uh, next next one is Chris Paul coming back for the Warriors, putting together a good night, which is also uh, a knock on myself because I was playing a, a round of Daily Fantasy and I had a choice between Jordan Poole or Chris Paul. And I went oh, with Jordan Poole. Man. And Jordan Poole had a – well, this because it was Wizards versus versus Warriors. And I was like, oh, Jordan Poole's going to show up against the Warriors. <laughs> had a dud of a game. But Chris <laughs> Paul came back and had himself a good night. Uh, and the Warriors obviously take the win there against the Wizards. Um, big deal of forgetful here with Chris Paul returning for the for the Warriors. Oh, man. It's a tough one because he really hasn't made an impact on this team yet. But That's what I'm thinking. I mean, if they have a month and a half left of the regular season for him to get so his game legs back underneath him. And, man, 20, 20 three to 25 minutes of Chris Paul in the playoffs, it's got to be worth something, right? Like, mm-hmm. even at this stage of his career, like, it's better than playing whatever G League guy they were playing before. Yeah, I don't know who their other point guard is, actually, on that roster. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, so, all I gotta say, man, is the, the Warriors have been hot. I, I'd be so hesitant to want to change things, and the way Chris Paul plays... It's very he's very ball dominant and he's the ball has to run through him very frequently. So I'd I'd be a little I'd be a little scared to see what kind of impact he has on that. Yeah. Oh, uh, in terms of inserting him on in the into the lineup. Yeah, I I yeah. would I yeah, I guess I wouldn't want him and Steph to share too many minutes. Right? Yeah, that I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're getting at too. And that that means you're only really playing Chris Paul anywhere from like 12 to 15 minutes a game. Which yeah. honestly is not terrible. I I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like just just plug him in for all the non-Steph minutes. I I think it can be a big deal for this team. Yeah, because they do need okay. someone to run the show outside of Steph when he's when he needs to rest. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I almost want to put it as forgetful because I kind of want this team to just go away finally but it looks they're like they're not on man and oh. they officially passed the lakers on the standings today uh despite the lakers yep. winning against the wizards the warriors on the tiebreaker so oh. any extra win for the warriors is probably a big deal because yeah they might be dangerous in the in a play-in setting uh so uh, there are only uh two games well actually the lakers with that win are now back in the nine seed Oh, they they're back in the ninth game, but both teams are only two games out from the eighth seed of overcoming the Kings, who have been slipping a bit. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'll go big deal for that too. Uh, Mark, what's your call? Big deal, forgetful for Chris Paul. I mean, I'm gonna go with forgetful. They're red hot right now. I don't think, I don't think he's gonna be their X factor onto making them a contender or into them being that much better and i don't think having him there is going to be a detriment i think he's just going to be a glorified sean livingston Mm -hmm. if we're being honest which Mm -hmm. was very impactful for their whole dynasty but like i i don't foresee the addition or subtraction of chris paul being their make or break yeah fair enough uh trey young surgery on his picky finger likely out rest of the season 
big dealer for Gepler. <laughs> this is wild. This is this, when I saw this, I was like, "Wow, thank God I threw the towel in for, for fantasy because I would have been the, so yeah, heartbroken." I, I think that was just salt in the wound for your team as a whole, Alan. Like, <laughs> I I, I, re- I lost like four or five out of the guys that I drafted to season-ending injuries, <laughs> which is pretty crazy because I threw the towel in when three of them were out, and then right. two additional ones. Uh, left out so it's crazy uh, but anyways my fantasy team aside uh, there's actually an, an actual NBA franchise that this guy <laughs> plays for that has invested heavy dollars into this guy made trades uh, draft picks signed guys and you know all trying to return back to that glo- to that that flash in the pan where they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and it looks like there's a long ways from getting back there DeJounte Murray doesn't did not get moved at the trade deadline Big deal or forgetful? I kind of think it's a it's a it's a big deal. Um, I think it just solidifies that the Hawks are going to run down towards the bottom of the standings and huge question mark in terms of what the heck happens with this team next summer when you mm-hmm. look at the cost for the team and you look at the end of season result, which is probably going to end up being like an eleventh place finish uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, you have no picks. You gave mm-hmm. those up in the DeJounte Murray trade. You're not improving as a team. You have a few good pieces. Like Jalen Johnson, I think, is awesome piece for them. He's been balling this year. Yeah. But a lot of other pieces that don't fit very well. And I think one of those is one of either Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. The mm-hmm. experiment did not work out. And right now, you're going to see what the Hawks think of their roster with DeJounte Murray running the show. And if they do pretty well, or at least like maintain the record that they had before, I think you could see them switch to being like, let's get rid of Trey Young instead of DeJounta Murray this summer. That'd be bold. What you got, Mark? Yeah, I kind of agree it is a big deal. Um, With everything that Sean said, I want to double down on that. I think this is them taking a look at hard look in the mirror. I know we've already been seeing Trey Young uh, trade rumors, even especially on YouTube. The thing that plagued after it plagued my suggested on YouTube was <laughs> everyone talking about like hearing rumors and speculations that the Hawks are ready to move off of Trey Young. Like they realize this is not going to go anywhere. But at the same time, can you get rid of Trey Young? Because he's like, he is a fan favorite in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is the only reason people go watch games. Like, are you going to fill stands with DeJounte Murray or like, in reality, what can you get for Trey Young right now that's going to be exciting for your team? You're not going to pull another superstar. You're probably just going to have to get draft picks and kind of hope for the best at that point. Because I don't, And they might not even be high first-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of, like, obviously there's teams that would want Trey Young, but I'm having a hard time thinking of which teams would be willing to give up the assets Maybe a Chicago, maybe a, a, a 76ers. But I mean, dude, big, you got Kobe White. Yeah. But <laughs> no, the big one is the Spurs. Spurs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that you'd get anything impactful as far as player return, but you'd get all your picks back. Maybe you'd get even a couple more on top of it. Because at this point, the Spurs could be like, hey, let's just start trying to win next year, and we'll give you yeah. four first-round picks, and, tra- and uh, you give us Trey Young. Yeah, like that that could happen, and I mean that would be crazy for the Spurs. But I honestly just want that to happen more so than anything, just because it'd be cool to see. But yeah, Mark's point is very valid too. Like you gotta make money 
and Trey mm-hmm. Young makes money. Yeah, and and here's the other thing that I think a lot of people have forgotten is that this ownership group believed in Trey more so than Luca, and they made that mm-hmm. trade all years ago. So are you are you willing to accept the public shame? basically for the rest of NBA history by trading Trey and admitting that it was not the right move for your franchise. And Luca is obviously being Luca. So, I mean, is that, is that a factor here? Can you accept that public shame for the rest of NBA history? (laughs) Hey, Hey, Alan, how many, how many Western conference finals has Luca been to? Mm, One. I guess there's that. There's one. Yeah. There one. One. They made it to one. Yeah. Yeah. The the year Jalen, the last year that Jalen Brunson was there. Yeah, they Against got swept. Who? They got swept by the Warriors, right? Uh, was it the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, it was the year the Warriors won the title. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I guess right now it's pretty even. It's even, and Luca's obviously continuing to. I think uh, Luca, yeah, get that gap there. Luca's got the I All mean, NBAs over Trey. Mm-hmm. You got that? Yeah, Trey's been Trey's been blackballed though. They do not like him. <laughs> the the like he's not getting any player voters or any. Because, I mean, if you look at it, Trey's still averaging, like, 30 a game yeah. for his career. Maybe yeah. even, like, 27 a game. Like, 10 assists. He's been the assist. Yeah, he's been the assist leader the last couple of years outside of, like, LeBron James. Like, he's... I thought it was a pretty dang even trade outside of the fact that people don't like Trey Young as a person. <laughs> or, like, as a player. Oh. But, I so far, hot take, they've accomplished about the same in their career. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they both well, made their a, a conference been, Where did the Mavs finish last year, Quavis? Where did the Mavs finish? I disagree. I disagree. Where did the Mavs finish last year, Quavis? I mean, where has when has Trey finished within top five of MVP voting? Never. All yeah, NBA. But you don't win Luke anything for being top five in MVP. Yeah. you don't even win for top three. You win an MVP or you don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Seriously. I mean, I still, I still think like. Uh, if you match up revenue or popularity, I think the Hawks would have loved would love to have Luca right now on their roster. Well, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> clearly Luca's yeah. the better player. But... Trey is a marketable player, though. Like that's what Mark was saying before. It's like, are you gonna sell more Dejounte Murray jerseys? You gonna no, sell more no, Trey no, no, Young no. jerseys? No, Trey Young is definitely a marketable player for sure. But with uh, pound for pound against Luca, I'm uh, yeah. Luca selling more jerseys than than Trey yeah. Young on any friend. Unless Trey goes to New York, somehow New oh. York has the is no, the New absurd. York hates Trey Young, man. You yeah. kidding me? They're the one that knocked them out of the playoffs that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the absurd one. Like New York versus Dallas. Like uh, New York is beating everybody. Like Randall jerseys sell well. I have a Randall jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I bet Jalen Brunson jerseys are so hot right now. Oh yeah, like probably one of the hottest jerseys in the league. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. They're not top. He's not top really? fifteen. Wow, that's pretty surprising. Because yeah. Knicks fans go hard. This is actually kind of a crazy list. Um, I I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like, <laughs> could you guess all fifteen? Like all the top 15. fifteen selling jerseys. Oh, we can't guess all fifteen. We'd be oh, here for man. for a while. Uh, I, I, yeah, LeBron, Steph, get- Kevin Durant, Luca. Since you're, since you're looking at the list, tell us one that your surprise is in the top ten. Number nine, Tyrese Maxey. Oh yeah, Sixers yeah. fans go hard. That's yeah. pretty surprising, though. Yeah, but he's ahead of Embiid. He's ahead of Embiid. Yeah, <laughs> Embiid is number twelve. <laughs> is this like for the season? This is as of um, for the 2023-2024 season as oh, of wow. January 30th. Okay, Anyone yeah. you're surprised to not see in the top 10? 
to not see in the top 10. Uh, Jokic is at 14. Mm. Jaws at 11. Oh. Embiid's at 12. Mm. Everyone else is is about right. Number one, Steph. Number two, Tatum. Number three, LeBron. Number four, Wemby. Number five, Giannis. Six is Luka. Seven is Booker. Eight is Durant. Nine is Maxi. Ten is Lillard. Eleven is Jaw. Twelve, Embiid. Thirteen, Lamelo Ball. Fourteen, Jokic. Ooh, I'm surprised 15. to see Lamelo in that well, on no, that top. So no, Lamelo is... has a chokehold on the kids. Yeah, I... yeah. What what this is telling me though is that American players still have way more pull than European players do as far as jersey sales. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's shocking but not surprising, I think, is the right yeah. word for and that. Yeah, and that's why Tyrese Maxey is so high, because he's an American-born player. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you got Wemby at four and Giannis at five and Luke yeah. at six. Well, I mean, those are like the generational talent guys, right? Yeah. But like outside yeah. of those guys, like Tatum being two is surprising for me. But like mm-hmm. people love Tatum, yeah. man. I, I like Tatum, yeah. Jersey. But like, I'm I'm surprised he's the second highest. Yeah, I mean, when you compare that jersey sell list versus the MVP power rankings, it's like oh, it's very different. Two yeah. different stories. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's jump into it. Hot teams, Miami Heat, five game winning streak, and they're up to the fifth seed. Uh, wow. No. Yeah. Yeah. Starting I, earlier than last year. <laughs> yeah. Weren't we talking about them being the eighth seed last, last yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They've been on a huge winning streak and they haven't even had Tyler Harrow for most of this win streak. Um, he's been out with like a knee injury. So they've been filling in with Duncan Robinson, uh, a little more Jaime Hawkes action in there. Yeah. That they was going to be my, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Sean, finish, oh, your, no. finish your thought. I, I, I was just listening off the guys that were replacing Harrow, but yeah, heat culture. Here it comes again. Yeah. That, that was going to be actually my thing that I was going to bring up here is that, oh, somehow Lake Laker nation has forgotten that the Lakers had a chance to get Mr. Jaime Hawkins in the draft and oh. we did not. And our guy is putting up good, good stat lines with the South Bay Lakers out, out in Long Beach. <laughs> But uh, that's where he is. He's in Wait, Long Beach. Who did the Lakers Not, pick? I don't even uh, remember. Uh, Jordan, uh, I forget. I forget his name. He's he's got a pretty long name. Um, but we took the 19 year old point guard oh, uh, instead of, instead of the senior who grew up in Southern California, went to UCLA, uh, has had you know year over year improvements and had a hell of a tournament run with UCLA, and we skipped out on this guy. Went for the young blood, and we could have had this guy having impact on our team right now, and instead he's out there doing it for for Miami. I think that's probably a frustrating thing, but but hell of a season for that guy. I mean, I don't think he's in the running for rookie of the year, but to say, like, he's he's right there at number three, I don't think is is a bold statement, though, either. Yeah, especially for a guy that wasn't even a lottery pick. To be like, if you could go back in the draft and draft him in, in the top five, I, I think a lot of teams would. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you'd still pick Scoot. Maybe you'd still pick Brandon Miller over him just for the the upside. But as far as yeah, immediate game impact, like yeah, any any team would want Jaime Hawkins right now. <laughs> yeah, and I think also in the era where these veteran contracts are going to get slightly more expensive, I'm not going to be surprised if we start seeing more middle of the pack teams go for these uh, third years and four, fourth year. Uh, guys a little more a little higher in the draft than 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 we than we're used to seeing yeah no that's the thing we were talking about a couple of weeks ago at least sean and i um we're talking about it a little while ago that the league is almost saturated with star caliber players 
Mm-hmm. And that's a weird thing to say that mm-hmm. there might be a little bit too much star power. So at this point, if you look at it, like the future of the NBA is in good hands in terms of the amount of really good players that we do have or amount of players that could lead a team. And what the NBA is really lacking are like your KCPs, your <laughs> guys that are willing to just your your Derek Whites, the mm-hmm. ones that people are calling yeah. all stars just for being really good role players, your Mikel Bridges. There's not a lot of those. Right. And that's why those guys are getting the five year hundred million deals or four year hundred million deals is because what they have to offer is incredibly valuable. So I think heading forward, like a player that is a fourth year role player or a third year role player might be more valuable than someone with high upside because at this point I do think looking at guys like Scoop where they're just doing god awful like as rookies <laughs> yeah. but they're getting drafted high off of well he's 6'2 and explosive it's like repeat what you said he's 6'2 yeah <laughs> yeah and I... he can't shoot <laughs> yeah so it's like all right what what's going to be more valuable but i get it for a team like portland that's looking to restart they wanted something exciting but i do think we are going to see a resurgence of of um high picks for just role players yeah and i think the perfect case study is even better than your scoot example is the Lakers is like they're a middle of the pack team and they, they can't afford expensive, good role players. You know, look at who they signed Tari Prince, you know, they re-signed their guys, but after that, the money dried up really fast. And instead of, you know, going for a Jaime Hawkins who doesn't maybe have the upside of this 19 year old that they got. And I keep forgetting his name. I I mean, I, I got a Chifino. Yeah. Chifino. Oh, uh, that's who they. Yeah, yeah they that's who they Shafino. win. You yeah. know, you know, and and maybe the, and the upside is there, but the upside is always questionable, um, right? It's 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 there's mm-hmm. still a gamble. Yeah. There's still a few years. So, but with Jaime Hawkins, I think you you would have gotten an instant ready guy who could have taken the minutes that Tarin that you're, you're spreading out between Tarin Prince and Cam Reddish. Instead, you would add a cheaper, better guy at that position. So, I think it's a perfect case study of like. Yeah, the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if NBA teams start using those middle, middle uh, uh, first round picks on some of these guys to try to, you know, find value as opposed to finding finding that value in the draft as opposed to finding that in free agency where it's. I think it's just more expensive. Yeah, a lot of uh, the league analysts and podcasters are calling this upcoming NBA draft the role player draft. Uh, because there really isn't any Wembenyamas or Chet Holmgrens in this one. It just seems like there's a lot of guys that can contribute, but you, you can't expect much from them. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams really shooting for that type of player in this draft, so it might mix up the draft order a lot because there's really no clear number one like mm-hmm. there was this year. So that'll be really interesting too because you're starting to see that with you know, the Nuggets having success with Christian Braun, with the Heat having success with Jaime Hawkes, like Tyrese Halliburton, even as, as mm-hmm. a four-year player that, you know, was overlooked by so many teams. Like it's starting to come around where guys like teams are starting to take a second look at these guys that aren't just, ni- you know, 19 year olds with all the raw potential. I mean, obviously those guys will get you the most value, but these 21, 22 year old kids are, are proving something too. Yeah. They're coming, they're coming in, Pretty pretty prime to impact some of these NBA teams, especially teams like the Heat or the Lakers that are not looking to rebuild. They just want to they need they need they need cheap value as soon as they can get it around their stars. Uh, the Bucks four game winning streak, finding a little bit of cadence here. Damian Leonard uh, since the All Star break, twenty four points on forty six percent shooting and forty percent from three. 
the 46 is not super impressive compared to his his career average, but it's an improvement from what he was before at 42%, and the 40 from three is, is looking a little better. So I'm sure the Bucks are look are, are a bit happy about that. Yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna only say about this that two of these games were against the Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> so Doc has not proven anything to me yet. Yeah. Any thoughts there, Mark? Not really. Um, for the Bucks, I can't really take them serious up until that we start seeing what they're going to do in the postseason. Just because once you can start game planning for these teams, that's where you're going to really need to see the Dame Lillard impact. Whether if not this was a success or not, it's it's all about going to the finals, right? Mm-hmm. Their whole idea was what happened was when they played against the Heat, they didn't have a guy that can buy a bucket because the Heat have the recipe on how to shut down Giannis. So I'm not heavily concerned. It's kind of like when the Cavs, Cavs had LeBron and Kyrie. You didn't care that they finished in fourth. You didn't care where they were in the regular season standings. Just show me what you guys have in the playoffs, and that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. Yeah. Also, Chris Middleton is not going to come back in the same ca- the capacity that they need him to yeah. be there. He's not going to be there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shame. The team is getting older, getting more injury-plagued. Uh, Dame could only duct tape so many things together there for the for the Bucks. Yeah. It, it's uh, honestly impressive that they they are thirty nine and twenty one. You know, three fourths of the way through the season, they're super good, almost almost in contention. But mm-hmm. I, I just yeah, it's just so close, so close yet so far. Yeah, seventy sixers lost seven of their last ten, and of course with the Embiid injury, uh, Buddy Hill is not saving things, saving graces here for the seventy sixers. <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd just fill right in for Embiid. Yeah. Um, any well, any hope here for the 76ers, or are they headed for a, a for sure first-round exit here on this season? I mean, at this point, we have to wonder if they'll even make the playoffs. Like, Embiid said he'll be back before the end of the season. That could be the very last game of the season. Maybe he's just trying to be optimistic. But, I mean, right <laughs> now, the 76ers have fallen all the way down to the sixth seed, and they're actually tied with the Magic for that for that play-in spot. And so if they get into the play-in spot, I don't know, man. All bets are off at that point. I I can't yeah. I cannot imagine this team falling out of the playoff race because the last two holding the uh the play-in spots are the Bulls and the Hawks who we just talked about <laughs> potentially bowing out of the race. So 76ers got to still hang on there for a little bit. I don't know. I really don't, man. <laughs> yeah, that like, is kind of true. They could they could make a play-in game, man. Like <laughs> if they lose 10 straight, like they're still in the play-in. Yeah, so right yeah, right now we're looking at there's basically a one game difference between the 5 and the 8 seed. I think there there's no way they'd slip to the 9 or 10 cuz the Bulls and the Hawks are so mm-hmm. far behind. But Yeah. There's a very high chance they could be the eighth seed, and I mean, they could still win that first game and get in. But then, yeah, there's a very low chance they lose to the Bulls or the Hawks. I guess it depends on if if Demar Derozan's uh, daughter makes the game or not. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Embiid doesn't play, they're as good as these as the Bulls or the Hawks. Honestly, like they they don't have any advantage over them. Yeah, here's the here's the here's the this next team is a team that I think 
I want to talk about a little bit. The Kings losing six of their last mm. 10 down to the eighth seed. Just two-game lead again over the Warriors. The fellow Pacific Division uh, is just a tough, tough place to be. And for the Kings to be on this losing streak with the Warriors catching a little bit of fire. And, of course, the Lakers still have the X Factor and LeBron James who made who just just starts deciding to play absurd basketball uh, this time of year? Case study the the, the game against the Clippers last night. No, oh, uh, just LeBron no. just turning it on and getting wins that they should not be getting. But the Kings don't have anything. The Kings don't have a a former top five player on their roster that can just turn on absurd talent. So for them to be dropping these games has to be making that team a little bit nervous here and. Their remaining schedule, their tenth in terms of uh, uh, terms of toughest schedule left in the season, with the matchups against the Suns, the Lakers, and Warriors. Like everyone in the Pacific is just hungry for wins, so it just feels like there's no relief for the Kings. But um, what are we thinking here? We think the Kings can hang on, or or can they potentially drop off all the way down to tenth? I don't know if they can actually fall out of the playoff picture, but. Things are getting dangerous here for I think one of one of the teams that I think was one of my favorites uh, heading into this year. Yeah, I'd I'd be nervous if I'm the Kings, man. You saw what happened last year in the playoffs. You mm-hmm. saw the teams that they're gonna have to face. I do not like any of these matchups. If you're the Kings, if you're playing against the Timberwolves in the first round, or shoot, are can we talk about them making the playoffs, or should they be concerned about not even getting a spot? Uh, I would say concerned at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because imagine your play-in matchup is the Lakers or the Warriors right now. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm taking either of those teams over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's say even even the Pelicans slip or Dallas slips a little bit. You're playing yeah. either the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Lakers, or the Warriors. Do you make it out the play-in this year if you're the Kings? I don't think they do. I mean, no. yeah, De'Aaron Fox is just going to play out of his mind. And we know he can be. He's, like, been one of the best clutch players in basketball over the last couple of years. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's just it's so hard for me to favor them in any of these matchups. And they just suffer from doing nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they, <laughs> they thought that they could come into this season – with the same exact roster, because like, hey, we had the three seed last year. We were awesome. Sure, we got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, but you know, it was against the Warriors. You whatever. But ultimately, like every other team that was below them improved, and so you get worse by staying the same. And this mm-hmm. is something that happened with the Damian Lillard Blazers year in and year right. out. Like they'd always just stay the same, and every other team would get slightly better. This is happening with the Kings this year. The Mavericks have Kyrie Irving this year. The Pelicans actually have Zion Williamson this year. The Suns actually have Kevin Durant this year for the whole season. So you're seeing all these teams pass them by. And I guess even the I mean the Wolves, I mean that's just I don't even understand. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not going to work and we thought during the trade deadline, oh, this is your chance to like mix something up. Maybe they get Siakam, he goes to the Pacers. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe you get OG Ananobi, he goes to the <laughs> Knicks. Okay, maybe you get Kyle Kuzma. Hell, yeah. anything. Anything to mix this thing up and get rid of like some terrible Harrison Barnes contract. They stand pat. I'll- I want to say they did try for a couple of those players, but a lot of those players don't want to go to Sacramento. Well, is There's it up to them? There's not a lot of incentive. It's a lot of times, yeah, a lot of these players, um, the GMs will give them the benefit, or not the benefit of the doubt, but like 
the GMs will give them the option. Like, let's say Siakam, they'll be like, they'll flat out be like, do you want to go to the Kings or do you want to go to the Pacers? They're giving us about the same thing. And he was probably like, yeah, I'd rather go play with Tyrese rather wow. than go be the third option uh, to Sabonis and to Fox. Or if not, like, they do you want to go be a third option? Because if you go to the Kings, you're going to be a third option. Or do the Kings just not have enough value to trade? Like that, you said, it'd, be, it'd have to be a do, bad Harrison though. They Barnes have so many yeah. picks, though. They could offer so many picks. That's the thing. It's but like, would, yeah, I would. But I would, would the pick be valuable? It'd be like a late first round. I don't know. I th- I think if there's a franchise you're you're willing to take the short <laughs> sell on, it's the Kings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I would wager that they would just end up sucking eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If there's any team in the league, it's, it's it's the Kings, the Horn, and the Hornets, and the Magic. It's these franchises. But uh, to your point, Mark, I feel like unless this player has a no trade clause, I think the Kings have enough chips. To, to woo a GM, and I guess the question is: Is have they have they put enough chips on the tape? Where a GM could be like, I just don't care what Siakam thinks. Doesn't have a no trade clause. I'm sending you to the Kings. Uh, I just I, don't, I just don't know if the Kings have done that though. Like, yeah, and they have the pieces. Like like yeah, Sean, they have the Harrison Barnes contract to match numbers, and they have yeah. Keegan Murray. Like, I don't know why Keegan Murray hasn't been shopped around for the Kings. Like, I like him, but I don't like Dude. him that much. I, I don't get that either. There's like a weird obsession with Keegan Murray where they're like, yeah, he's a he's a star. And I'm like, bro, he's no. he's a pretty average player. He's a three. Yeah. He's a he's a like Mikhail Bridges ceiling guy. Yeah. Like that's his ceiling. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever even get there. Yeah. And every year that goes by and he doesn't put up more explosive numbers, that value is just going to drastically go down. I think they should have moved from him last during the summer. And you're right, Sean, maybe go out and get OG or – I don't know about Kuzma, maybe, but like a definitely OG. Like I think that guy definitely fit what they're trying to do in yeah. in, in and you Sacramento. See how much impact he had on the Knicks before mm-hmm. he got hurt. But, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Yeah, it's like you're you're right too, Mark. It's like if if they do get the choice between two teams and they pick the the non Kings team, the Kings have to be like, okay, we know we're the Kings. Let's go out there and make a terrible deal for ourselves. Let's yeah. give an extra first round pick that the Pacers can't give because we know we have to do that because we're the Kings because they need to do something like this is your Mm -hmm. only chance to do anything relevant ever, you know, like you got to make a bad deal. And then from that perspective, it's terrible for everybody else. But from a King's perspective, it's actually not, it's just the tax you have to pay (laughs) because of where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But remember that trade that they did make was the Sabonis trade. Yeah. They had to give up a, all NBA guy and Tyrese Halliburton to get that fit with Fox, and yeah. Yeah. It, it did work. But now you have to do it again. Like, yeah. uh, maybe maybe but, you think yeah. Keegan Murray is a star. You got to trade him away. You got to get something yeah. more immediate. Yeah, yeah. Who can you get? Tobias Harris? No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who. I don't know who they can get, man. I I don't know with Keegan Murray and picks who you can get. I I think they could have gotten it. Yeah, there's got to be one. Yeah, I just got to think. I mean, it's just I think the point is like, what about Zach Levine? Does he play? Not right now. Yeah, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't think he's played for like three years. I'm pretty sure they're just sitting him for the tank, but (laughs) it's not working because Kobe White's way too good. (laughs) Yeah, nah, you got Malik Monk. You're you're chilling at the shooting guard. Yeah. Uh, best performance of the week here, the Wemby. We talked about Wemby, 27, 10, 8, 5, and 5 in that loss against the Lakers. Uh, ben Matherin, man, daily fantasy 
uh, savior here for me a little <laughs> bit to get this last minute win that I want to get. Hey, you've been playing uh, a lot more daily fantasy than I've come on to, huh, Alan? <laughs> a little bit here and there, just to just to get myself used to the numbers here. I don't want to completely fall away from from NBA numbers. But Ben Matherin, eleven for fifteen, thirty four, nine and five, two steals in the block against against the Raptors. Yeah, no, Indy Indiana's finding some some small gems here in their <laughs> roster, and this is one. Uh Luca seventeen gotta, for wait, twenty. Mark, you got a thought on Ben Matherin? <laughs> no, my thought is Alan, you picked all the best performances of the weekend. They all lost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're all losses. They, yeah. Best individual performances is uh, a better name for it. But, yeah, I was going to say, I don't yeah. want to take credit for this. This is definitely Sean digging up these yeah, numbers. Yeah, Shout out Sean. to him. <laughs> like they're all in losses. Hey, I mean, they're the best stats. <laughs> yeah. You, did, you failed to include LeBron against the Clippers? Of course I did. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Like, bro, he put up ninth. He, he outscored the Clippers alone yeah. in the fourth quarter. I'll give it an honorable mention. Good job, LeBron. So happy yeah. for you. The biggest tragedy was how ben hard Matherin. how hard I judged that game where I was like the Lakers lost this game this is this is awful embarrassing and I turned it off I actually I... went to bed before the fourth <laughs> quarter and yeah I didn't even see it I woke up and it just it ruined my day honestly like I woke up <laughs> and I just I just felt like so upset I'm like god this freaking team does this every time and yeah, I just went I to mean... work and I'm like I don't want to do anything right now man well, in the third quarter, I think the Lakers got within 10, and I was like, all right, let's do this. And then the Clippers rallied to close the third quarter, and it was just like, yep. yeah, th- this is over. The Lakers are going to come out of the fourth just kind of waste, you know, just like you do. You're just staring at the clock with the last hour to go at work. And it's like, you're not doing nothing that last hour and you're staring at the clock. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the Lakers were going to be. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Luca seventeen for twenty nine, forty five, nine and fourteen with three steals, and uh, yeah, Mark another loss to the <laughs> loss to the Cavs, but Luca showed up though. Yeah, that shouldn't have been a loss though. To be fair, if Max Struess hadn't hit a three fourths court shot at the buzzer to win that game, it's like the second longest half court buzzer beater shot in like the NBA history. Then they yeah, were won Max this game. Struess- yeah, didn't Max Schroes play like five minutes and have like he had fifteen five points for... in five minutes yeah. in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah, he was like five for five yeah. from the three. Maybe that the should have been the best performance instead of <laughs> Luca's ridiculous stat line. Yeah, what what a shot, Max Struess, man! Uh, worst performance of the week, Mikel Bridges, uh, two for thirteen, four two and three, three turnovers in the loss against the against the Magic. I mean, uh, yeah, talking about the Kings, here you go. This is why. This is why you lose. Uh, oh man i did not know about this one sean the charlotte hornets wow 26 points in the first half against the bucks yeah this was in yeah they had a a double header they had two games in a row against each other and then the first one yeah they scored 26 points in the first half 16 in the first 10 in the second quarter (laughs) It's just I got, the most ridiculous. I don't know what sort of record that is, if anything, but it's got to be close to something. I was just thinking that. I don't think I've ever seen anybody dip that low at the half. That's that's insane. That's insanely crazy. That has to be some sort of record. Yeah, most teams usually score that within the first nine minutes of a game. 
So yeah, <laughs> yeah. The record is in two in 2016. The Phoenix Suns put up 22 points against the Lakers. Wow! In <laughs> the first half. What year was this? 2016. Oh, oh wow! It's not even that far away. Yeah, in the years. In the era of three point shooting and free throws, this seems so like this should not be happening. Yeah, I guess I guess that we can say that at least Doc Rivers has improved the Bucks defense, if That's nothing true. else. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give him I'll, even if it's the Hornets, I'll give him some credit for that. Twenty six points is just <laughs> that's so dumb. That, that's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, hell, the best yeah, defensive is, performance of the year. <laughs> yep, that is the fourth worst. Tied for the fourth worst in history. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Gigi Jackson. I don't even know who this is. 23 He's minutes. He's one of the Memphis 13. G League guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You you did work to find this one. One for 13, six points, five rebounds, and a loss against the Nets. How many, I would love to also know how many people showed up for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they like probably a had thousand. a decent turnout. You think so? <laughs> Yeah, because the tickets are probably dirt cheap, dude. Yeah. If, we, if we go to watch the San Luis Blues play baseball, bro, <laughs> like yeah, they they're the guys win who games, don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They won two out of like thirteen last oh, really? year. Those oh, are the man. guys. Yeah, those are the guys that don't play for the Cal Poly baseball team. <laughs> like they're the ones who don't get playing time when we go watch them. Imagine if we had a really bad basketball, a really bad NBA team in our city, where it's like. Hey, Sean, oh, on man. Saturday night, do you want to go watch the yeah. San Luis Pirates play against the Lakers for $6? Yeah. I would like, totally, yeah, hell I would yeah. Go, I would go every week. I, yeah. Hell I would yeah. Be a, I would be a season ticket holder if we had a San Luis Obispo team. Let's be real. Yeah, and if they're really bad, like for 22 bucks to go watch like Cal Poly's shooting guard go get blown out by like a player you actually want to watch, like Giannis play against the san Luis pirates <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be fantastic so hell yeah bro i'm going for six dollars yeah. yeah so so the way i i my process for finding these worst performances of the week alan i'm not sure if you know this my the first thing i do is look through the box scores and find the teams that scored the least amount of points <laughs> and then I see like who was the reason they scored so few points, and a lot of times this this is kind of where I, I'm able to find these numbers. <laughs> I was gonna say I was yeah, I was thinking I would say I'm not I'm not a Gigi Jackson follower <laughs> if that's what you're wondering. Yeah. One for thirteen, bro. Yeah, one for thirteen, six points, five rebounds. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I think this more speaks to the fact that Memphis is just man. Who would have thought that this is how their season would have gone? That yeah. they'd be playing guys like this yeah, routinely. Like this is a rotation player for them. Yeah. Just Horrendous. so much bad luck. And we did this digging uh what a few months ago, Sean, that they they're lucky that they have their first they got to keep their pick. Yeah, they get their pick year. this year. Unfortunately there's no like, you know, Wemby or anything in this draft. Yeah. But they'll still get a I mean, they don't need a guy like that. They they just need a good role player and they'll they'll definitely get that in this draft. Oh, yeah, they're probably just so thankful for themselves that I think what they ended up giving up was like a Warriors pick that they had this year for, Warriors pick, yeah. for Marcus Smart and not their own pick. Oof. Mm-hmm. Very that smart. Been... Very smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final thoughts here to close the, the podcast out is can someone send over a helicopter in and save Damian Leonard or just a <laughs> mental well-being? Because some of these quotes that he threw out in an interview uh, – 
uh, this this week, Damian Leonard is, you know, one quote is that he we I thought we were going to be how Boston is right now, speaking to the the status of the Bucks record and and the the synergy that they would have at this point in the year. And another quote is, "It's definitely lonely because I'm such a family guy." Uh, and I think the the real little uh, gut punch here is that Damian Leonard just filed for divorce from his wife oh, this year, yeah, uh, aside right. from being traded from the Bucks. So. Uh, it's uh, when you put that context into it, you can feel for for Dame a little bit here. And another quote is, "Seriously, I don't have much of a life, but that's what comes with making a big boy decision. You got to be down for that and figure it out." It seems like my boy Dame out here is having career lows and shooting and uh, not digging the the Milwaukee weather. And uh, he he might be wishing he actually did get traded to Miami because I it kind of feels like maybe that is where he wanted to go. But mm-hmm. he he's yeah. doing a stink in, in Milwaukee. Um, what do we think? Are we worried about Dame here? Are we worried about the Bucks? Like any way they can figure it out somehow? I I want to preface it just because I said their X factor in the playoffs is going to come down to Dame. If Dame's not having a good time, they're not going to make it anywhere. No. I do think it is a bit of a concern because the last thing you want is for your guy to be publicly talking about how much he hates it. <laughs> think about it, you guys as managers. What if, like, for you, Sean, you had Joe Thompson, like, just every single day coming in talking about how much, like, mm-hmm. he hates it? Or, like, one yeah. of your stars, like the homie Greg, coming in talking about how much they just hate it there oh, and it's yeah. like I mean, it just well, they brings do down good... everyone's morale right i would I mean, almost rather yeah. i'd almost rather have that person quit uh you know and beat down a man <laughs> well, yeah and... right but yeah it's obviously with your dame you can't quit you actually asked for this because you asked to get traded miami wasn't willing to give enough of a trade package for for portland to bite and so this is what you end up with and i mean there is a maturity aspect to it. I mean, he, he said it was a big boy decision. He's he's come to terms with it. It's just, yeah, he probably just felt like he needed someone to vent to because, yeah, he probably is going through a lot of personal life issues outside of this too, Alan. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 it's tough. It's tough. And but man, I I hope he figures it out for the sake of my fantasy team. Man, I need him for these <laughs> this playoff run right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess if there's anyone that can alleviate these wounds, it's the it's the doctor and Doc Rivers. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> or or a quick weekend trip down to Magic City. That always makes yeah, me dude. Feel that bad. guy, yeah. he just needs to take more frequent trips like out of town. You know, like go to Miami, just hang out with yeah, with, with uh yeah, all your all your buds down there. Go to L.A. You know, go go wherever. You know, just, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean. Obviously, you can't do it like all the time, but if you have like two games, two days off, you know, it's like what the what the Bulls did with Dennis Rodman. They just let him go to Vegas for a weekend, <laughs> or right? just or just hop on a dating app, man. All the celebrity dating apps go get you, go get you some girls you recently single. You good? Any uh, any yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fly them into Milwaukee too, right? Like, yeah. You don't need they don't need to be near them. Like yeah, they'll, they'll oh, come. Oh gosh. <laughs> Um, or are you going to say something, Sean? No, that's it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, there there we have it. Hopefully, Damon Leonard can uh, figure it out. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for jumping on today, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I I hope I got the recording right this time. <laughs> yeah, we got it right. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that it all gets uploaded. But, yeah, thanks for joining, man. Always good to have you. And, uh, yeah, have a good week, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.